everyone to Cosmic Brilliance. I'm your host, Marilee Milmo, and I'm deeply honored today to have three galactic superstars of the truth disclosure movement. Captain Jean-Charles Moyen, Captain Randy Kramer, and Galactic Federation of Worlds emissary Elena Denon. The idea for the show came about when I heard Jean-Charles say to longtime excellent researcher, Dr. Michael Sala, during an interview that one person he would like to meet is you, Captain Randy Kramer. Because Lucky he, for you, you could arrange that. Because he feels there may possibly be a connection somewhere that he wishes to explore. And a lot of the super sure. soldiers and people in secret space programs have been getting together more to try and combine memories and to see if there's any you know corresponding memories or experiences so that's what this show is about and elena will also be offering her gifts around that also this show is going to be fast-paced with me asking many questions to each guest and as i said to compare and contrast both captain's adventures and to see corresponding memories or experiences or differences. It's all good. So my, welcome, guys. <laughs> and my welcome. first special guest, Jean-Charles Mayon, is a captain in the French secret space program, considered a superstar seed, believe it or not, who for 20 years worked with multiple species in the Galactic Federation and on the Solar Warden fleet that has been protecting our galaxy from the reptilian invaders. He has had many fascinating experiences and travels throughout the galaxy involving time travel, teleportation, technology exchanges. And today you will be very surprised to find out who he really is. My second guest is Randy Kramer who returns for his eighth show with Cosmic Brilliance. Thank you, Randy. And Randy is a captain in the U.S. Marine Corps Special Sections, is a super soldier who did a 30-year tour of duty and is still active, 17 years with the Mars Defense Force, 13 years with the Earth Defense Force protecting Earth and our solar system. And my third guest is delightful Elena Denon, another super starseed who has gifted me with multiple shows as well. Elena is multilingual, multi-talented, best-selling author, archaeologist, epigraphist, shaman, artist, and official emissary for the Galactic Federation of Worlds, which serves as a military and protective balancing force in our galaxy. Elena has done recent shows called Revelations with Jean Charles, corroborating their mutual experiences and synchronicities that they discovered for the very first time. So make sure and check those out. And Randy, Elena, just to put, just to remind you, is the author of the book, A Gift from the Stars, that I bought you and your Brigadier General. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I flipped, can... I flipped through it. I'll admit I have not had a chance to read it cover to cover, but I have flipped through it. So, okay, nice to meet you. Yeah, and I remember you said nice to, to me, um, this contained a hundred over a hundred amazing drawings of galactic species. Yeah. And Randy said, Randy in his intergalactic style said, not bad, pretty accurate. Some of them are not bad. Some of them are some of them are pretty good sketches. And it's it's hard to capture uh in any kind of a drawing or a painting or of something that doesn't have the same form, doesn't have the same shapes, doesn't have the same proportions. That's tricky to do. So anytime anybody can even 
get close. Gotta give them a little clap and say good job. Yeah, so some of them are pretty good. Thank you very much. Thank you. So all three Cosmic Brilliant guests today have experienced numerous extraterrestrial contacts, experiences, and have been on other worlds. So welcome all. Randy, isn't it true that you had a 30 years and back experience? So what I'd like you to do is because you're very succinct at describing complicated topics, for those that are first time listeners is to describe briefly what that is, what the 30 and back is, 30 years and back and what it entails. Sure. It's not a definitive period of time, like 20 or 30. It can be whatever number is needed based on what the highest indication of where that personnel needs to go. So a full-time personnel, soldiers especially, can do lengthy, you know, way more than 20, can do 30 or 40, can do lengthy tours. Um, there are ancillary personnel, auxiliary, aux, sorry, ancillary and auxiliary personnel who, you know, may do far less time, may do seven, may do 12 or 13, or, you know, some completely other number. So there's not a set figure. Uh, because of how much money it takes to make soldiers, you want to get your money back from the investment cost. So minimum, you know, kind of 20 years is probably pretty standard, but it can be whatever is determined the necessity or value of that person, or really just how long they can keep doing it. Some people just, you know, their, their brains and stuff stop working right at a certain point and you can't put them in the field anymore and you have to do other stuff with them or retire them or if they get, if presuming they survived that part of the, much of the process, didn't get killed before that, which plenty of people do too. So um, that's a, just a depends thing. Uh, but standard protocol started way back when, when it was determined that the entire program had to be super duper, 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 duper covert and secret that they didn't want anybody telling anything. And so the notion of having personnel that they could remove, have them do a tour and then do what seems like crazy to some people is either use de-aging, anti-aging process, put them back into a clone body of themselves that's younger, reinsert them 15 minutes after they left, after they left for duty because of a little time travel thing. And then that person wakes up the next day thinking they had a dream that lasted months or years or something. And then, but you're at the same age that you were, you look in the mirror and everything, oh, and you want to believe me, the repression technology to suppress those memories does fine. What you want to do to go, oh yeah, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to know nothing about that. Oh, can we just pretend that was a dream? I'm, a, I'm in, sweet, let's do that. So your brain is really cooperative to that process because you at, at that point, you're perfectly happy to accept oh, wow, that was just a really long, bad dream. And then and then do a sort of a memory dump and not have to think about it. But it will creep up and you know, you're going to have to deal with it, in what could be a very short period of time. Stuff may start coming through. What over a 10, 15, 20-year period of time can come through. There's a real range. I'd say most people, majority, I'm sorry, majority of the people that I have spoken to who start to crack through memory barrier stuff anywhere between their 30s and you know 40s but i have 
met people as young as 19 who literally just came out of program and are like, I remember stuff and I wanted this sorted out. And it's like, whoa, okay. So it's happening younger and younger. And they're also people that it comes later in life. There are people in their fifties uh, and almost into their sixties now that I'm talking to that are like, I think I got some stuff happening that I'm not real sure about. I'm at the point where I can talk to someone for a few minutes and go down a checklist of boxes that if I check more than four boxes, I can pretty much say, okay, there's some genuine thing there that you got to sort out. Beyond that, it gets very complicated because unfortunately, another majority of people who come back have something I call oatmeal brain, which is unfortunate and it's sad, but there's a process of what's happening just in the what you have to do as a in a position especially soldiering positions uh trauma is hard on a lot of people um i'm resilient so you know i i take a lot of my trauma and go whatever you know i'm 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 resilient not everybody has the same resiliency so some people break sooner fall apart sooner the repression process can scramble people's brains there's different kinds of behavioral conditions, social conditions, upbringing things that can cause people to start to have personality disorder issues that mixes with all this stuff that doesn't mean that someone's not having a genuine experience. It means that what it's all mixing in with is, for lack of a better term, fucking crazy. And I feel the sorriest for those people because they're, they're going to have the hardest time, if ever, being able to sort anything out because they're having a really hard time determining fiction from reality. And when you're trying to sort out memory issues, one of the first things you've got to be able to do is separate fiction from reality because there are things happening that you want to think are probably fiction. But if things start to come in that are fiction and you're confusing all of that, it just becomes even messier and messier. So it's a very complicated process. I, I have to say, in my experience, most people who are recovering from the process aren't doing a good job of it. They're not doing well at it. Most of them don't have good mental health, good emotional health, good physical health, good like physical support in their lives, uh, solid economic footing under their feet. So, and I, and so it's, it's just, it's a horrible state for most people who, you know, come back from it to end up in, which is why suicide rates are high. Fatality rates are high. Uh, even once people come back. So drug addiction, alcoholism, super high. So it's, uh, that's basically it, but it's, it's essentially the way in which you get personnel into a covert program and you can pretend like it never happened and literally, you know, be able to have complete plausible deniability of the entire thing without some, some form of other proof, but be able by doing that with the timeline, by reinserting someone 15 minutes after they leave you. As far as anybody is concerned around that person and in that situation, you have made it appear as if it never happened. Great magic trick. Wow. That is perfectly done. So I just want people to know to wrap their head around this, if I'm correct. So that means, Randy, that as a soul on Earth or Terra, which folks is the galactic name for Earth, you've been here 90 years no, no, I'm turning 96 this year. <laughs> I only get four more birthdays. Um, once you get to 100, you have to stop birthdays because you, if you think you're old, it makes you old faster. And even with the regeneration technology, it's like 
you have to get people back in the machine way too often if they're like, I'm 106, I'm so old. It makes them old faster. So we have a policy among officers, you, 100 birthdays, that's your big last one. And then no more birthdays after that. No more, no more, I'm old, no more this. You're just, you're just yeah. adult age now. So we're all, we're all get to be oh. grownups and, you know, different terminology. So no one has to think about, because we have to think about ageism in a completely different way. Absolutely. And so if we're going to live to be seven, 800, a thousand years old or whatever, hundred years old is like, I'm 18 now. I can get my driver's license and do stuff myself. It's like you're really just at adult level if your age is supposed to be 800 or something like that. So we're okay. considering that we graduated and we're grown up once we get to 100. But no more birthdays. So yeah, yeah I got like four. Left. I'm for that. I'm for that. So Jean Charles, do you resonate with this? Because I believe you've done at least 120 and back. Also, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's different because. Uh, uh, first, uh, I was abducted when I was four in front of my parents in uh, in a beach uh, in a, in the summer with my parents, and um, I was abducted by uh, beings, um, uh, positive beings. And uh, when I was in a spaceship, um, they checked my head and. Uh, I think there is a special thing that they check special things about me. After that, uh, the research for me with my parents and the lifeguard uh, uh, spend one hour. And after that, I reappear at the same place. Nobody knows what's happened. And I don't remember everything because they arise my memory. And I grow uh, until teenage age. And at seven, six, and eight, I develop a lot of abilities like telekinesis and my parents was a witness about that and I play with the electricity when I was uh, very down and very tired I researched me uh, and I, I closed my hands and I closed my eyes and uh, and uh, like um, research uh, everything around me was shut down and uh, my parents is witness about that and it, it was a game for me because i have a child i was a child so for me when we are a kid you 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 do try something and i can move some object and uh, telekinesis and a uh, lot of abilities like healing people and uh, uh, and animals when i touch the the animals and people they mysteriously uh, heal and uh, after that during my teenage age um, there is something very big happens to me. Uh, in a summer camp, uh, I have a sunstroke, a very, very hard sunstroke, and I was hospitalized, emergency, and they, they do an X-ray, and they discover something wrong in my brain. Uh, first of all, they think they, it's a dust, but they reduce uh, the, the X-ray, and they discover it was uh, like a tic-tac inside my mind. And uh, I remember stay a few uh, days in the, in the room, and uh, one night uh, a doctor came into my room with the military guys, and he spoke about my radiography, <coughs> and uh, I tried to understand what they say about me, but I can't because the military guys spoke in German, so I can't understand uh, what he say, but. Uh, I remember 
I was very dizzy and uh, very uh, dehydrated, and they put me an intravenous in my in my arm to put me a uh, vitamin and a lot of things. Uh, and uh, when I lost consciousness, um, they put me um, a mask into my nose with a green gaze, and I lost consciousness. And suddenly, I was wake up by a military guys, old military guys with a white hair, blue eyes, and he tell me hurry up, uh, come with me, I, want, I, I don't want to miss the jump. And at this time, I don't know what he say, miss the jump. So I follow the, these guys and uh, we go to the corridor. At this time, I've, I think there is something wrong in my head and they transfer me to another section in a hospital. But it's not, not this, we, we take an elevator and when the, the, the open door of the elevator, there is a military guys in a black suit with a red triangle uh, in the chest. And uh, we, 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 uh, we go to uh, the basement and uh, it's very long to, to go to the basement. So I'm very, uh, um, I'm very anxious. And uh, when I am anxious, the, the lights off and light on the pulse. And the military guys tell me, oh, everything is okay, keep cool. Because they want to be afraid uh, that I can do with uh, my energy around me. So we, we arrive in the basement and the doors open, but it's not the same door where I go inside. It's another door appear in the, in the elevator. And there is a big anger with a lot of kids in the, in the gown. And uh, the military guys tell me, it's finished for me, so uh, uh, go to the table and uh, it's finished for me. So uh, bye-bye and good luck. At this time, I was not afraid. I have inside of me like uh, a power uh, and uh, I feel powerful. And uh, I go to the table and uh, the, the, the woman tell me, put your hand in this box. And uh, what? It's for uh, my DNA signature. I take my hand in the box and there is a light like a photocopy. And uh, she gave me a suit with an emblem like a winged horse and uh, like a Pegasus. And I go to the line with other uh, children. And uh, we go to the light like a tunnel and I feel a tingling inside of me. And I dizzy one second, and after that, I am in another, a big anger. There is a lot of military guys and a doctor in a white, in a, in a white suit, and uh, they test our fear. They test our reflex and the fighting, and uh, they, they mix, and a lot of uh, a kid failed, but not me. And... Uh, I remember I heard the same guy's radiologist, this is the boy I told you. And he, he tell me, come on. And uh, I go uh, to, to, to talk with her and he, he tell me, go to this room, this black room. And I enter in the black room and in the black room, I feel a lot of afraid because I feel something special. And in the shadow, a big mantis arrive and put a big paw in my shoulder and tell me in the telepathic, everything is okay, don't be afraid. You have been chosen. And after that, 
I collapse. And when I opened my eyes, I was in a room of the hospital. After that, I lost consciousness again. And when I opened my eyes, I was wake up by a horn. It's a bus horn. And I am in the bus and go to the summer camp. And I don't remember how get out the hospital, but I remember there is something strange with my brain. That's it. When I go to my parents' house after my summer camp in one month, I tell everything to my parents. And my, my, my mother tell me, oh, it's not normal because I don't agree to test you in the hospital. So she received the bill, but not the radiography. So she called the hospital and tell me, where is the radiography of my son? And they, they tell me to my mother, sorry, we have lost the radiography. This is, uh, but it's, it's very complicated to explain my life in uh, one or two hours because I have a lot of things happening. Um, and after that, um, there is a lot of, um, I was followed by a lot of person in the government when I go to uh, Paris in my, uh, my um, uh, apartment building of my parents. And when I go to the school at 13, I follow something, follow me. And uh, there is a black guys in a black uh, costume. And uh, I remember that. And my, my parents witness about these guys in uh, Jaguar, you know Jaguar? Uh, a black jaguar with the tainting glasses yeah. and uh, like a man in black, really. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people tell me, who is these guys? Because they follow you. And, uh, but my parents was not afraid because they know about me. I was able to protect my family with my power. And uh, it was a, a big story. So um, this is the first part of my life. And uh, it's a little resume, but uh, there is a, something else about the ECSP, the Secret Space Program, friends. Because every people talk about the Secret Space Program, it's like America, but it's not. There is a lot of country, oh, yeah. like, uh, like a Starfleet. And, yeah, uh, I, I've done my best to try to tell people that it's not exclusively an American thing for sure, and that I have worked side by side with soldiers and pilots from all kinds of other countries for sure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, when you 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 um, you can um, understand that, you understand everything because uh, the Solar Warden is a fleet, but there is a lot of uh, branch with the Solar Warden. And oh, yeah. when when you read the book of a story of a friend like a Nazi Germany, uh, you understand that America um, saved uh, France about the, the German and there is agreement with the uh, United States and France and a lot of base in France. Yeah. Like when I was in a commando parachutist, I was in a base and this is a base like they, they, this is in, in, in uh, World War II, um, American base before, and they give the base to the friends. So every underground, in outside, inside, is still here. So there is a space force now in in uh, in America, and there is a 
French Space Force now with the Artemis agreement now. Right. And uh, what is this Artemis? It's like a Starfleet. It's a lot of country. They, they, they introduce uh, slowly the disclosure and the uh, people say, oh, it's curious. It's like Starfleet. It's like, no, it's, it's like, because it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good model. Uh, um, anything else you'd like to add to that? What you're hearing, any correlations? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that all checks. Okay. That all checks, that, that all checks out, you know, um, and so, sorry that it, uh, um, started out rough, uh, it starts out rough for some kids, uh, rougher for some than others. And we, we've special section, when I say we, it's always special section, uh, really attempted to shift that model because we don't think the traumatizing of young kids and forcing them into, uh, labor is such a great idea. Um, so anyway, sorry for that part. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that absolutely how other countries do it, how other agencies interact with other countries, it's a myth mishmash mashup mix up of all kinds of stuff and so there's it, it's very different and the same and similar so yeah but i i've, I've tried to emphasize to that that yeah we hear a, a far more prevalence of you know people from america western countries you know especially americans who talk about it but it's i, I served side by side with some incredibly competent folks from all over the world who I consider to be fabulous, amazing people who make up the most amazing coalition of rainbow people by everybody being in there, uh, absolutely everybody being in there and working together to try and keep the planet safe from all the things that you don't even want to know <laughs> are a danger. So for, for me, it's, it's not bad. My training was a very, uh, very cool and uh, good. and I, I'm lucky for that because when I heard uh, her story or story of Tony and a lot of people, there is a, a bad uh, uh, memories about the uh, electri thing and like uh, MK Ultra, yeah. but it's not yeah. it's not for me. It was oh my god, amazing! I oh go, good. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I misunderstood the beginning part there. I heard German guys and Nazis and like no 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 yeah yeah yeah. But after that. I know everything is okay, and I serve good. the good uh, the good light. Don't worry, good. my friend. <laughs> well, that is good, and that's probably why the reason your brain's not oatmeal, because I think the number one reason that people get oatmeal brain is just the heavy, heavy, heavy abuse. Mm. Let's just call it what yes. it is. Yes, yes, yes. For a lot of heavy abuse. From that, so. And Joshua, um, as true often is you are highly protected also, which we'll get into. You know, he had his team also helping him since we're um elena anything you have to add about this and your experiences well i'm always listening with fascination um i have a question though um is this and uh, enrolling into the secret space program always happened since the childhood i know the dark fleet always does from childhood but the the, the positive space program the good ones or sometimes uh it the enrolling is from an adult age can it be like 30 20 30 I, seems a little close. high okay. I, I 30 seems a little high I, I i would i mean it can happen from 
any, any age, definitely well into, you know, I would say the late 20s, someone could still get plucked out for something. I'd say anyone who's over 30, it would be a special case. I wouldn't say it never happens. I'd say it'd probably just be a special case, just because typical military recruitment is you want to condition someone to a military way of life and thinking it's hard to do after 30. It's just hard to do after 30. Thank you. Um, I start 13 for me because uh, it begin uh, the first part was when I was my sunstroke and after that there is a there is a sequel about uh, my training and I was in a school like an earth but in a spaceship and uh, I was trained by a lot of spaces to train to control my fear and my think uh, because uh, in the future I must fight against uh, Draco and the Draco can uh, can think what you want to do before you do. And uh, it's not necessary to have a, yes, it's necessary to have a, a muscle, but if you have a muscle and your brain uh, is, uh, is, uh, is not uh, trained, you are dead. <laughs> so this, this is the, the, the part two. And after that, when I was 21 in the commando parachutist, this is the part two. And, and at this time I go, to the mission in adult age, but not in a, in a, when I was younger, it was just a training, like in classroom. Yeah. So you're to, Jarshal, you were in the ET French secret space program in a special elite group, right? And you were also yeah. a terrestrial secret space program working side by side with extraterrestrials. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. I have, I was in the two program. One before I come to uh, John Charles' body, and again when I was uh, John Charles here in the Tyrion uh, terrestrial uh, program. But uh, I was uh, my destiny was uh, to to uh, keep my abilities in my life before. This is the reason why I was uh, abducted. It's not a coincidence. Everything is not a coincidence, my friend. Everything is linked. You, me, Randy, Tony, Elena, uh, Michael, uh, everything is right in the universe before you came in the, in, in the earth. I believe that. Yes, I, I do too, for the most part. Do you, Randy? Theory on paper. I like I like to see That's stuff work out in real life before I'm convicted on how that <laughs> it works. But you know, on paper, I'd like to think that's true. Elena, <laughs> what's your vote? I like to think that uh, that's possible. Indeed, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, so yeah, I, I say sorry. I I tell that because uh, I have an example because. Uh, when you see uh, somebody for the first time of your life, like I'm French, I come to France, and I don't know uh, Elena, Tony, or uh, Randy, and uh, you have a, a strong déjà vu. It's not, it's not normal, you know? It's not like, oh, you look like somebody. No, no, no. I have a lot of déjà vu, a strong déjà vu. Okay, and some people tell me, oh, I remember you, but I don't know you. And, uh, oh, I remember your name. Oh, you're John Charles. But I never see this guy of, in my life. And there is a memory of that and the example and the, and the picture. And uh, I don't 
never, never, never see this guy in my life. So this is a parenthesis about uh, something very strange about uh, uh, déjà vu, you And you felt that um, resonation also with Randy? Was that true for you or, or curiosity or just exploration or what? For me? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I saw Randy, it was an accident. Uh, uh, I, I see a picture uh, in, the, in the web. So I don't know who, who is Randy at this time. And I have this, like Tony, I have this strong, oh my God, I know these guys. And after that, okay, who he is? And oh, it is, it's, it's a shock because there is a super soldier and serve uh, 20 years. And, uh, and uh, at this time, I don't know her story. And this is, for me, when you know this person after that, maybe it's your imagination or, uh, uh, or your mind and, uh, oh, I can't. But now when you have any information about somebody and you tell, oh, I know this guy, something uh, like space, universe. I, okay, you know those guy because the story is the same of you. What? And for me, it's an indication very strong. Now I know Randy because I read about, about him, but before my feeling was, oh, I know. And the, the image in my mind was a Morse, was a, a super soldier, was a lot of things. And, oh, I'm, uh, it is my mind, maybe I'm crazy because in, the, in, in a lot of things, you think you're crazy because how can you share this information around you, family? For me, I'm lucky because my parents protect me and believe me because there is a witness of my life when I was young, when I was born. There is something very strange about my life. So it's correct. But a lot of friends around me, a lot of family don't believe that. So I can share. It was very, very difficult to me to to to. Can, I can't share some, something I live in my, in my life, teleportation, and uh, only my parents, my dad and my mom know the, the truth. So when I have the feeling now about Randy or about anybody, now I am adult, I can, I don't care. Now I, I, I'm sure I, I want to share my feeling about Randy, Elena, Michael, and uh, that's it. And uh, people want to receive uh, my uh, my friendly, my friendship or not. <laughs> it's not a it's not a problem because I am true a person, and I have a feeling inside of me, and I want to share with you like I feel at this time. At this time, I feel I know. Randy, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know where, but I'm sure I meet Randy. I don't know when, but inside of me, it's resonates inside of me. Randy, do you have any? I've met a lot of people. I've met a lot of people. So, um, I mean, I've had a few people come to me and say to me with a, a very specific recollection of their own and say, oh, I remember this thing happened this time. And I've had to go, yeah, now that wasn't me. I mean, if that, maybe that was what happened and you remember that experience, but I definitely was not there and I never remember anything like that. However, there occasionally, 
I run into people who will say, I remember a thing and they'll describe something to me that I don't specifically remember, but I will say that does sound like something I probably did or would say, but I, not to not to poop on anybody. I'm just saying I have met so many people. Don't be offended if I don't remember somebody because I've met so many people during my career mm. um, that anything's possible. Yeah, I've met a lot of people. So I I, I met a guy who described an incident to me that he, you know, swears. And I don't specifically remember the incident, but it sounded like exactly the thing I would have said and exactly the thing that I would have done. And but to be honest, it's probably something that I would have done more than once and more than one time to a similar person in that situation. So it's like, yeah, sorry, I can't keep track of all the corporate contractor mercenaries that I spat on and told them that I hated them because they were, you know, pieces of shit because I probably did that a lot. But it's like, that does sound something like I would say. So uh, sounds like I was probably there and you were probably there. But just because I don't remember the specific incident, you know, I, so I just. What I basically, I can't go around confirming or denying other people's stuff unless I specifically remember the experience, but I've met a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. Yeah, yeah you under, I understand. Yeah. Uh, we, we met a lot of people in the space yeah. uh, program, and uh, the, the, the spaceship where I was is very huge. And uh, you can live in a spaceship. We, there is an ecosystem, there is a department, there is a lot of people we we, we we work in a different quadrant in the space so maybe i cross you uh, in the, in the corridor or or meet totally. with you in the cafeteria and i don't remember so yeah, yeah all, <laughs> all those things are all possible. possible yeah exactly yeah. exactly the other thing that uh some of our listeners may not know if i'm correct in this is almost after every mission uh, they used to do it in a horrible way. I think now they do it through sound. Your memories are erased too. And then all these soldiers spend their time trying to get it back. So was that not your case, Randy? It really depends. It really depends on the classification of the mission and how you know much they don't want you to have to remember any, something that happened uh, or not. So it really depends. I, I remember a solid majority of the places that I've been and the things that I've done and who I murdered when I got there. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty clear on most of that, but I'm not saying, you know, a hundred percent there there's every once in a while, something still trickles through and I go, Oh yeah. Okay. But you know, that's my experience with it. So it's, it's a lot of memory up there. It's, it's a lot of experiences that blend together, mush together, and you know certain specific people stick out more than others but you know i mean i have served literally with thousands of people and most of them have died in the time that i have known them so it's just a lot of people okay. so yeah tons tons and tons okay thank you randy um yeah. i want to backtrack a little bit because i'm doing a study on the correlation between tracking superstar seeds and we've already done shows defining what that is and unusual births so randy um you could say you have an unusual birth do you want to briefly describe uh that oh created so to speak <laughs> well i mean there's a there's a, i mean there's a few different stories to that like there's there's the how i was genetically engineered before i was born 
Yes. Uh, and then there's how I survived uh, the journey through my mother's womb, which is a whole nother story. She's in the medical history books for that one. Um, you both feel free. So, no, I mean, I was, yeah, genetically engineered. Uh, so, you know, a certain amount of genetic material was taken from my mom, a certain from my dad. And then, you know, the good parts were picked out that they wanted and literally you know, put in one piece at a time, stacked in one piece at a time. So uh, I am results of not just biological evolution. I am the result of scientific evolution. So I was made to be better by science, which I love. So because it, it worked for the most part. So um, I was made by science. Uh, my mom and my dad had uh, two kids who were older than me, my brother and sister, who we don't talk much, but that's a long story. Um, after my mom had my sister, uh, she was thinking that maybe two kids was enough and she was going to think about birth control. She had a Catholic doctor at the time. This is, you know, late 1960s. So at the time, if you wanted to go see if you had a Catholic doctor and you wanted birth control, they'd have to send you across the hall to the Protestant doctor because Catholic doctors couldn't prescribe or, you know, any birth control at the time at all. So she sent, he sends her across the hall to the Protestant doctor who um, prescribes and fits her with an IUD. So um, she gets an IUD. She gets pregnant with me anyway. Um, she goes in to have me. I come out. Um, the doctor who is her regular doctor, um, Catholic one, he poked and prodded looking for it and gave what, you know, I think was the stupidest answer in the world to what happened to the IUD. And he was like, well, it must've fallen out. Um, or, and so there was a speculation, maybe it fell out before I was born and that's why I was born. And, you know, no one ever find it. If I don't, I don't want to give anybody necessarily a whole medical lesson, but um, it's a very, 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 very tiny little orifice that you have to put this pretty large piece of metal or plastic through and there's no way even with the string on it there's no way that it's coming out or that it's fallen out these are things that just are ridiculous to even medically think that occur so it was in her body for 17 and a half years uh and almost killed her before she had a hysterectomy and had it out and the doctor uh, who did the procedure met her. Uh, she ran into her. She ran into him in the hospital about eight years after the procedure. And she was like, hey, doc, do you remember me? And he was like, oh, my God, are you kidding? He's like, I lecture about you. So like she made medical history books. There had never been a person who had had an IUD stuck in their uterus for 17 years until my mom had one taken out. So uh, but that means that I spent my entire you know, a uh, term with this jagged piece of metal, which is this sort of jagged, you know, piece of stainless steel somewhere near my head. I presume most of the time from what we, where we understand sort of it got, you know, it was what part of the uterus it was tucked into. Um, but I got all my eyes and my fingers and no pokes in the head from stainless steel thing. So I that I consider that to be the most miraculous reason why I'm alive right now is that, you know, forces decided that despite an internal and uterine device 
that I would still be born and I would still come out. And even that was not going to stop me from being here. So anyway, that's the story. So yeah. my mom's medically famous for that, for giving birth to me. I never heard that. Thanks, Randy. Uh, I don't, I don't go around telling people that story. My, I don't want to embarrass my mom or, or, you know, make her like people want to talk to her about or something, but yeah, yeah, no, seriously, like medical, medical history books. But I'm uh, finding so much correlation between births, helping, uh, genetically altering, bringing ET abilities in and all that. So we'll get to that in a minute. Jean-Jean, I know you've had an unusual birth. Talk about that. (laughs) Yes. When I was born, uh, uh, um, there is a, a, a lot of um, a, a strong um, uh, storm uh, behind the hospital in the room of my mother, and uh, with a, a lot of uh, st- striking in the, in the, in the sky. And uh, my mother uh, called me uh, Captain Storm um, because there is <laughs> yes. <laughs> Captain Storm, and uh, this is my name, and uh, and it was very curious because uh, it was just uh, behind the room uh, when my when I was born, and there is a lot of uh, lightning uh, uh, behind the, the room. So maybe it was a presage. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's English. It's a presage. No, uh, a gift. A gift from the star. <laughs> <laughs> like the book of Elena, and uh, that's it. Omen, For my... omen, yeah, omen, omen. A, 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 omen. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So it was omen, but uh, after that, uh, I understand the the electricity was around me uh, with a lot of things. When I was a little and I was crying like a baby, uh, I want this, and uh, the lightning pulse. Every, every, every time, okay? And uh, uh, the, the, the light uh, blow. Uh, and uh, when, I, when, I, when I have a shy or cry, uh, everything with the electricity around me, interaction with me a lot of times. And uh, it was a joke with my parents because uh, sometimes I, I play with the, the electricity and say, oh, mom, check and uh, open close up and close and uh, it was unbelievable so it was a part of my life and it was natural for my parents when i was in the supermarket with my with my mom the first time i was maybe seven and uh, i was in a in a halle and uh, i take i say to my mom oh i'm very tired and she tell me, so go to sleep. I can't sleep because I am in a supermarket. So I close my, <laughs> my hand and shut down for a supermarket. And electricity? You shut down the electricity? Yes, electricity shut down. And, uh, and my, my mother tell, are you JC? Is it you? And I tell, yes, at the <laughs> light on. It's not funny. And the, the light on, and there is a guy near from, from us with a, a box of peas, and uh, he, he listened to every, every, everything, and he was very uh, shocked. And, uh, and my mother said, okay, go to the cashier and uh, get out. And arrive in the cashier, uh, 
there is a number, you know, cash one, cash one, cash two, cash three, and I am open, close, open, close, open, close. Stop it, John Charles, it's not funny. And the guys, the same guys in, in the other line, <laughs> frozen and we get out <laughs> for me I, i'm a kid so it's it's funny for me to play with electricity and uh, and uh, you have no filter you 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 go to uh, oh uh, you play with the and it's natural okay so this is a part of my life <laughs> those are those are great stories um, yes. and this also you've got you both you all have talked about your abilities uh, mm -hmm. And you said, Jean-Charles, that uh, your former life as an extraterrestrial working in the extraterrestrial space programs brought forward in this lifetime your teleportation abilities. Now, I was fortunate enough to take Randy's psionic classes, and psionic is a study of brain waves and advanced uh, abilities. And I remember, Randy, you said one of the most um, advanced or unusual abilities to develop, I believe you said, is teleportation, right? Um, it's a tiny percentage of psionically trained people that have developed an aptitude for it. So it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, and, hmm. and yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a small, I mean, out of a hundred, like really good psionic specialists, you're going to have less than 10% that are probably, okay. you know, competent teleporters. Now, um, so what I found, quote, extra special, well, lots of things, but uh, with Jean-Charles is I hardly have ever met anyone who teleports naturally, not using a teleport box and, and not using, you know, which I'm sure, yeah. Randy, you use and others, which is portals, you know, things like that. Do you want to? Anybody have anything? Well, I mean, we, we have psionic specialists who are by call it by location. There were, you know, competent by locators. Uh, but it, like I said, out of every hundred, you know, like well-trained, competent psionic specialists, it'd be 10% or less than 10% that are competent that. And when I say competent, that means, you know, hitting your target all the time and not ending up 20 feet above something so you break your legs or underneath something so that you're in concrete or it's i mean people psionic teleportation isn't perfect people can you know teleport bilocate themselves into solid objects if they're not careful or competent at it so that's why it's a little risky and why there are too many people that i think uh were good at it or capable of it but yeah it's a thing it's totally a thing if, if we could do it better and could if if we could figure out a way to teach everybody how to do it competently. It would be super cool. But until then, yeah, we get to use mostly machines. Because, yeah, you can't right. just rely and, on. And uh, go ahead, Jean-Charles. No, no, I was just, uh, just going to yeah, add to uh, that. But but it does mean that you can have special forces teams who are made up of, by locators. So you do we do have, you know, special forces teams that can bi-locate bi in and bi-locate right back out again without leaving any other technological residue mm. signatures whatever for, for, for me it wasn't a, a bill location because the first time i still report i was in a school in a little school and uh, i was in uh, in exam and uh, i want to go to the toilet and uh, i raise my hand and uh, every people was frozen and uh, the teacher was frozen so she don't ask me uh, my answer so i go to the toilet 
And uh, we are in the second floor with no windows. It's a little box in France. So you close the door and you are very, uh, it's very small. And there is a, um, like a minuter uh, for the, the uh, like a timer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you crank the timer and you have uh, one or two minutes of uh, lightning. So uh, IP <laughs> and uh, Suddenly, I was a little dizzy, and uh, the 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 light shut down, and uh, I searched the button, and I, I find the button, and when I opened the button, I was in the toilet, but not the same toilet of the school. Mm-hmm. I was of the toilet of my parents' apartment, <laughs> in uh, in uh, a few kilometers. Yes. So, uh, lot my parents. Uh, go to to the house after the job and tell me well you are not in the school and i explain i think i was teleport and where is your your coat my coat my keys my id everything every stuff was on the chair and uh people say where is Dunshall? and they 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 help they um, ask to a locker smith to open the door in the two floor because she locked inside right and when they open the door there is nobody no john Charles, because i was in my parents apartment right. so my parents lie to the director <laughs> and tell oh he's a sick we grab my my son this is the first time, so it was really teleportation physically. The second times when I was 20, 20, uh, I was it, it was consciously okay. I was in my room and I take the picture of my girlfriend and I say, Oh, I do anything to, to be with her. And I was in uh, in uh, my socks and uh, I was in a t-shirt, it was a February, and uh, at this time. I feel dizzy and a lot of tingling. And when I open my eyes, I want in the front of the door of the apartment of my girlfriend. I live in a few kilometers. And when my, my father uh, get, uh, get out to, to, uh, to the job and uh, open the door with the alarm system and he, he see my stuff, my shoes, my, my coat, my uh, b- bus card and uh, my keys. So where is he? And my girlfriend, I explained to my girlfriend, she was very shocked because she knows something about me, but now she was very traumatized, okay? Because yeah. she realized it's it's real. So we phoned to my, my dad, my dad, okay, uh, I know, I understand, son, I, I'm coming. And he, he grabbed my my uh, my stuff, my shoes, and a lot of things. Uh, and uh, she, after that, um, my girlfriend break down the, the, the relationship because she was traumatized and I understand why. So it was two really teleportation without any device, just me. The first time I was not consciousness uh, in, in, a, in the toilet of, the, of the, um, the school. But the second time I was really, uh, okay, I want to go to a BAM, it's happened. It's it's like when I dream, when I was a little boy, I, I dream I was in the beach. And when I wake up, my face is tan and I was a sand, a white sand, like a Bahamas, in the bottom of my bed. This is curious, right? Because I go to yeah. the Bahamas t- 25 years later. So 
I can imagine I have in, in, in another timeline or in the future, but everything I say, say, when I dream, I bring something in my dream and this is in my bed or in my head when I wake up. And I don't know everybody have this experience uh, uh, in the life. And I speak, I spoke a lot of person with Michael, uh, Michael Salah tell me you're uh, only one I, I know uh, because when you dream, it's a material, you can be location, you can uh, ask travel but you can bring something you 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 go to through the 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 it's impossible so it's uh it's curious thing right very very you were um you were also an, an you saw a military personnel that had a project pegasus right yeah. on their uniform and as we know from andrew Basiago, um there was a horrible accident that happened when they were experimenting with little kids going back and forth and they time traveled to i think santa fe from alamo almos and um one of the boys miscalculated landed in the fountain and is where the water was his feet were cut off so it's an extremely as randy was saying extremely dangerous I also know that in the Montauk project, they were looking for people that could lucid dream. That was like one of their most, you know, primary yeah. thing. And and this gets into a whole nother thing, which we won't get into. But um, to have the true teleportation abilities is really interesting. So just quickly, and I know that when you're active and you're you're kind of always active when once you're a soldier you're not allowed to say all your abilities and uh but you have quite a lot randy has quite a lot and elena has quite a lot so would you just share a couple that you're allowed to share jean charles go ahead teleport like teleportation oh you, oh you want to know if i have the teleportation too now no, no. What I want you to do is list off some of your abilities. Oh my! Uh, when I yeah, when I bring uh, something, okay. Um, when I bring something in my in my dream, my father tell me, oh, if you can bring something in your dream, go to more far. And uh, I, I'm a little boy, so I I listen my parents and oh, okay, why not? And I dream. Listen, and I dream I was in a, another planet in a solar system. Her name was Antares. Okay. And I discovered a lot of beings and a little discovered a crystal inside the ground and uh, uh, red water. Yes, exactly. And uh, when I wake up, uh, my pants was wet, like uh, you go to the to the sea and uh, I not peace in my bed. Okay, no, it's important. It was it was a, it was very water. So um, yeah, from waiting in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I tell to my parents, uh, I have a, a dream, uh, very curious because uh, all was very bright and sensitive, and uh, I think it's not a dream. I was really in this planet. So the next day, I decide to take a little bag with a, a bottle empty. And if I 
I am a kid, okay? Everything is possible when you are a kid, okay? So I, I imagine I can bring something with my bottle. And I, I wake and uh, I dream and I sleep and I wake up in my dream. And curiously, I'm in control in my dream. I know I dream. It's impossible. You can, you can know you dream. So you don't dream. And I walk and uh, meet a lot of beings, uh, cat people, feline people, and uh, I breathe. And uh, I am in uh, water, red water. And uh, I, when I wake up in my dream, I have my bag and my pajamas. And it's curious because uh, I dream. It's like uh, not dream. Okay. I take my bottle and I fill the bottle with the with the red uh, water with the crystal inside and oh and i close the bottle and i continue my dreams and can you imagine my friends <laughs> i wake up in the morning and no bag okay oh it's my it's it, my imagination but in the bottom of my bed there is a bag okay i maybe i put the bag here i take my bag I shake and I heard flock, flock. I open my bag and there is a bottle with the red water with the crystal inside. I go to the kitchen. My parents take a coffee and I explain my dream. Mm -hmm, okay, son, okay. I'll say, okay, okay. Uh, they believe me, but okay. I put the bottle in the table and the face of my, my mom and my dad was, we are in the ninth floor in Paris and I have my bag with a red water, with a crystal. My mother cooking at this time and she burned her head in mm. two degrees and my father don't sink and take the bottle with the, with the water and put a cotton to the injury of my, the end of my mom and all disappear all disappear no injury everything is healing incredible my my father do a wrong thing he, he put the water uh, and inside and the water turned in black so the water don't have the healing but he, he keep the crystal inside in the little box and like the other day other times he put this box in the secret place and in a night it disappeared like beings okay that's it you have a proof for your parents and uh, we bring uh, this proof those are wonderful abilities so instantaneous healing uh natural teleportation mm -hmm. uh merging realities where what you dream you actually create jumping back and forth, telepathy, I assume, right? Um, telekinesis. You yes. Can move objects, you can control electricity. Can you control weather? Uh, I try when I was young to uh, control the weather when uh, it's raining and I make a, a force field around me and curiously my mother witnessed no weight. Mm -hmm. I was hot, but the the the, um, the rain don't 
touched me. It was very, it's happening a lot of things. And uh, my mother uh, take her, um, you know, the parapluie, how do you say? Umbrella. Thank you. Oh, umbrella and not me. And uh, oh, you are hot. No, it's, it's curious. Water don't touch me. When I was young, I have a lot of abilities. And when I was a, a teenager, I tried something. And at the age of 22, they disappear. But I have access uh, when I was in danger. Uh, but I can control it. When I was in danger for my life, because uh, uh, in my life, I was a bodyguard and uh, um, security guard um i was in the front of a lot of um situation uh, with the deadly situation for me and uh, i was saved uh, mysteriously and uh, miracle and uh, one okay but uh, a few times it's it's not a, it's not a hazard it's a, it's a curious so i think i have access when it's necessary not to play so uh, uh, give me a trick like a monkey in a circus uh, uh, can you move this uh, can you no oh it's a, you lie if you want i don't care because i know it's true and i have a lot of witness about about my life uh, uh, people uh, can uh, witness uh, testimony uh, they 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 they, they uh, they leave a lot of things curious about me, more curious because it's uh, it's uh, in incredible. But I don't have access. Well, you also brought up a very interesting point that I've noticed uh, in my research is that when you really have to, excuse my expression, when the shit hits the fan and you're about mm. ready to be killed or something, you can activate quote, dormant or hidden abilities. Now, Randy, you went public quite a while ago when you were faced with a very uncomfortable situation, if I remember right, where you were separated from your team and you were in a cave and you were surrounded by three reptilian type dudes. So do you want to give an example of that? Because I think there are so many abilities, whether we call it hulking, this, that, whatever, that some soldiers don't even know they've been programmed with. And then all of a sudden, necessity activates. Oh, Randy was surrounded by three uh, reptilian? Yeah, share that story, Randy. Oh, Um, Well, I mean, it's, um, I went berserk. I mean, like, you know, like, I mean, like Berserker Rage, which is a old Nordic Viking uh, technique. Uh, and it it's it's very physically uncomfortable. Uh, oh. First of all, it's very, very physically uncomfortable. Um, uh, the entire you're it's it's really painful. Uh, and there's like a, like a body, like a shaking thing that's starts to happen um then you throw up uh but then um you adjust your temporal coefficient is what you're really doing so you're moving at a different rate of time than what something else is or someone else is so it seems like you're moving really 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 fast to them they seem to me like they're moving really 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 slow 
So it's not nearly as impressive from my point of view as it probably looks from someone else's point of view. Um, but it's it, it's the, the real technique there is, is an adjustment of your temporal coefficient. If you're going to adjust your temporal coefficient, then mass equals force, uh, force equals mass times velocity squared. So the velocity squared part becomes really important. So if my temporal coefficient is adjusted uh, and I hit someone like that, I can break bones because this is not moving at the same speed as this is right now. And if this is moving at a rate of speed where, you know, this is going at 500 feet per second, uh, then it's going to hurt a lot more and do a lot more damage. So physics starts to shift when speed is involved, but it's, it's not really that you're moving faster. and It's not really that they're moving slower. Neither of those things is actually happening temporal coefficient has changed so that the rate at which you are experiencing time is different but really no one's really moving faster or moving slower it seems that way but it is a change in your temporal coefficient which changes your experience of time so what happened to describe that what, what um i mean i i i I mean, ripped a guy's arm off. I mean, you know, and 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 took another guy's head almost completely off his shoulders with an edged weapon. I mean, it was like it was it was shocking. It was it was shocking to myself uh, to exert that much force, that much speed, that much quickly. Like it was shocking. A series of things are happening physiologically that are overwhelming, and so you start to sweat and will throw up usually. Um, so there's just like a, some involuntary physical reactions that happen first that, that are part of the instigation process of what has to happen mentally in your brain for it to happen. It's, it's, not, it's not something that you can just go, I would like to do this now and snap your fingers mentally or physically and be able to make it happen. It requires the kind of physical threat that your body would have that kind of physiological response in the first place. So the physiological responses have way more to do with the threat. It has nothing to do with fear. It has to do with threat. So primal threat isn't necessarily scary. Primal threat is like, I, this could eat me. I better move fast or it will eat me. It's not the same thing as, as yeah, primal threat isn't the same thing as primal fear. They can be, can be, but in this case, they were not the same. Um, it was, I was not terrified in any way, shape or form. I was, I mean, I was, I was terrified before it happened. I would, cause I was lost, uh, you know, in a cave system, um, which is a whole nother story, but, um, no, no, when, when the experience happened, it was just, you know, I, I was, I was attempting to engage in a fight and, you know, they were not really having it. Uh, not letting me get physically close to them. And that was when, you know, my whole body just went into this whole reaction process and then killed them both. And then afterwards, it must be so incredibly hard on the body. You passed out, right? And your team pulled you out? Oh, I don't think that had anything to do with the process. I think it had to do with something else that they were doing at the time. I, I attempt, I, 
my attempted to crawl away and was just experienced a kind of like head pain, physical discomfort pain that's indescribable and then pretty much just passed out from it. But I don't think that had anything to do with the process itself. I think it had something to do with somebody who wanted me to stop moving at that point so that I could be taken into custody safely. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because of activating. Yeah, and then we were captured. We were captured. Yeah. That, so okay. That. So um, thank you for sharing that. I know that's not a comfortable thing to share. Mm. Uh, but it, it's part of part of the Super Soldier program. And Jean-Charles, would you mind sharing um, what I thought was absolutely fascinating, which is leads to the truth of your being, in a way, how your soul had been transferred into your natural ET body uh, because I've always been looking for more detail about how soul transfer happens. I know it can happen, which I won't discuss in this show in a very horrific way uh, in, from the Nazi programs, but you had a completely different experience. And I was wondering if you would tell that story. I think it started when you were four years old or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, when I disappear at four in the in the beach, uh, I was in a big spaceship, and uh, I remember uh, a beings because it, it's very difficult to explain because um, I tell about the beings, but these beings, I am in connection now with these beings because we have the same DNA. Her name is Victor. Victor is a Ultimian uh, of the planet Ultima. The being is, uh, is um, no hair, uh, green skin, and red eyes with no pupils. Okay. And uh, these beings bring me in the corridor when I was four and tell me, uh, we, we, have, we need you for a mission uh, at this because I disappear one hour in earth but not one hours in space you know so i have not the consciousness of a, 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 a um, four uh, kids okay yeah. at this time i'm a kid with four so i i, I follow these beings and he, he put me in a big um, tube and uh, when i enter in the tube there is something something else in another tube uh, maybe my body in stasis. And uh, when I enter inside, I feel a, a warm around me. And suddenly when I open my eyes, I was in the other <coughs> body. And uh, the, the, the body of me, kids, was uh, in stasis. And he tell me, okay, welcome back, Luca. And I was Captain Luca, uh, Ultimian. And he, he, he tell me, we have need you for a lot of mission in the space. So my, my body of uh, John Charles at four was in stasis during these times. Yes, it's me. <laughs> and uh, we, we go to a mission, a different mission in a space. And after that, he bring me back to this uh, body and he erase my memory, but I keep my abilities. This is the reason why when I was four, I have this ability because it's a, it's a sequel of my uh, other life. Okay, 
he tell me we, we, we keep this inside of body because in the future, he need these abilities. This is the reason why I was um, uh, checked by, uh, for my uh, injury of uh, my head, like a sunstroke, okay? And uh, there is a four days, uh, Tyler of uh, Journey of Truth tell me something very interesting. He tell me, do you believe the sunstroke is natural? Why? Imagine a satellite with a weapon energy into your head uh, for go to the hospital because the time is come to you. So they, um, they, they make uh, the sunstroke, but it's artificial, you know? Mm -hmm. It's uh, okay, it's time to, uh, to fall, so fall. And uh, I think it's not a coincidence because when I, re and, and it's resonant inside of me, Tyler tells this and uh, oh, you are, maybe you are, you are okay with that because inside of me, it's, it's possibly. And I remember everything begin at this time and like uh, like a time is is come you know it's a very uh, like uh, everything is right before so many beings or people or i don't know can control the weather like uh, uh arp project and a lot of things or uh, uh, hologram and a lot of things so maybe this is sunstroke was controlled to to, to do this, this thing and begin my, uh, my training for the military service. And they know before they, they, they uh, radiography me, this is uh, the, the boy I told you, but they know me before I come into emergency. All is prepared before, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jean-Charles. Now, to be clear, um, you're a captain named Luca yeah. of the ultim, ultim, ultima species yes. that, and there is a planet called Ultima. Yeah. And you also visited several other, like mm -hmm. Antares you mentioned, and yes. both you and Randy have visited Alpha Centauri, for sure. <laughs> And but I, I think it's not the same, like I say to Michael, because he, he tell me something very interesting. Uh, Antares is uh, uh, light uh, here and, uh, and it's not uh, corroborate. I think it's another uh, Antares because there is a lot of Earth in Earth 1, Earth 2. Or, uh, yeah, it's, sure. uh, I remember the ring uh, in the planet. So Antares have no ring like uh, Saturn. And uh, for uh, Ultima, it's the same ring, but it's like that and like that. So it's different. There is a lot of people call uh, John Charles or uh, John Christophe, and uh, it's the same thing for the planet Antares. In my Antares, the little uh, beings and a crystal. We bring a crystal when we go to the mission, 
and uh, we exchange a crystal like a currency, cosmic currency, you know, and uh, the crystal uh, um, used for a, a weapon, for a med bed. I remember in a, in a med bed, when I heal in a med bed, there is a crystal uh, behind me and there is a crystal, uh, 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 you can eat some crystal and you can use a crystal for everything you want. And the, the beings in the, in, the, in the cosmos use a crystal to exchange something. It's, it's like that. And, uh, and uh, it, it was a part of my life. Um, and I remember uh, my friend Dan Willis uh, tell me about crystal, very important in uh, alien spaces. And uh, we are mesmerized because uh, all corroborate with the crystal. I don't know if uh, Randy uh, talk about crystal in uh, in our mission. Do you have a crystal in um, some mission, do you, Randy? Oh, I mean, there's all kinds of crystal-based technologies that I've seen. All kinds, all kinds okay. of alien tech stuff that we've adapted. So, yeah, crystals are kind of central to a lot of technology. Sure, yeah. I have okay. a hit that you've both met crystalline beings. And I know, Elena, you have met the Cedars and Founders and been on their ship and all the life crystals in there too, right? It's like very, very, go ahead. Yes, uh, first thing that surprised me when I was taken on board the uh, mothership of these uh, intergalactic uh, cultures, well, the, the architecture inside was crystal but not just, um, you know, straight walls, like transparent. It was like clusters and faceted. It was, that's what surprised me. These so advanced beings, they have crystal points in, in the architecture. That was, that surprised me, but that, that's how it was. And, um, and then I was explained, crystals can be solid in different density at the time, at the same time. So that's why they construct their ships like this and a lot of their architecture. I've seen other architecture in crystal-based technology uh, where you can uh, see one side uh, through a wall and not the other side or things like this. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the energy as well, energy generators, they have uh, the energy generators to harvest uh, the energy from the, the ether uh, is uh, crystal-based as well. There's so many things I've seen as well. Um, it's a long list. I know, I know. You've been so patient and quiet and supportive there, Elena. Thank you so much. I'm fascinated. Oh, I'm just like, oh my God, listening <laughs> I know, to you guys. I know, <laughs> I know the Cedars said something through that to me was so beautiful. If I remember this right, they said crystals are the most elevated form of consciousness and matter. Do I have that right? Yeah, the most elevated state of matter. State of matter. Okay, so the yeah. um, there's one more question before we get to med beds because Randy was one of the first people I heard about med beds from, and he has done a lot to promote that publicly, to help build it, to help finance it, and uh, so we'll get in that in a second. I just have to backtrack uh, to ask you, Jean, um, is your Altemian species? part benevolent reptilian or amphibian because the reason why I ask is reptilians are known for strong mental powers, telekinesis, and the Draco blood is very psychokinetic. 
So I'm I don't, yeah, no, I don't think Ultimion is a part of a reptilian. Uh, is a green skin, a benevolent, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I don't remember uh, there is a link between uh, these two spaces. But they, every species uh, uh, is not bad. Uh, people think uh, reptilian is bad. No, no, we don't talk about the Raku, okay? Yeah, there is a lot of uh, beings, uh, reptilian, uh, good human and bad humans. There is a good reptilian and bad reptilian. In my squad, in uh, in my uh, my team, I have a reptilian and alive. I have a hybrid and uh, every beings uh, in my squad to rescue uh, people slavery in Mars against the Draco, uh, be uh, very kind and uh, we live uh, together and uh, we work together. It's a team like a Starfleet again. It's, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's real, it's real, it's real. Exactly. Well, thank you. I was just curious about that myself and backtrack just a little bit uh, to, I want to clarify if I understood you right for our listeners. So one of the ways you can do a solar consciousness transfer is they put you in this tube full of a liquid, you felt heat, you lost consciousness. There was another container next to it that can that would receive your soul or consciousness transfer into it. Then it would come back and you were now your true extraterrestrial self starseed is that right yeah 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 okay and do you know how that's done is it done through like the med beds is it done through crystals sound frequency water do you have any idea how that is for me uh the med bed have a program, different program in a med bed. You, you just uh, not healing. You you can do something different. You can change your uh, DNA, uh, not DNA, your power, like uh, powerful. You can change the structure of your uh, your body. You can uh, sleep uh, eight minutes, uh, and it's like uh, eight hours. And uh, you can do a lot of things. Med bed is not just to heal. It's just to do a lot of things. There is a programmation in, inside and you, you can see your body and you can change something. If you want to fight uh, uh, and uh, you don't have the, the, the muscle and you, you can change your muscle. Like say, uh, 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 Michael, tell me like a Hulk project. Well, I'm gonna have to interrupt you here because we're over 90 minutes now and it is now my time to go. Okay, Randy. Thank you so, 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 so much. I really appreciate it. Right. My pleasure. Uh, was there any last quick question you wanted to ask, John? One um, question. Or say goodbye. I, I'm very, very uh, happy to, to meet you, uh, Randy. And uh, I tell you, uh, good luck for everything you do. And uh, uh, take care. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. As well to you. Thanks so okay. much. It was a pleasure meeting you. It was a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. All righty. Uh, when I was in mission uh, to rescue uh, people in Mars, uh, I, I have a, uh, I do a, a big mistake uh, <laughs> during this mission. Uh, I was with uh, my squad and my team and uh, and my friend uh, David Rousseau, uh, a French uh, guy uh, who experienced uh, 
uh, with the alien uh, like me. So um, we have the same memory with uh, with these guys. Uh, he's my friend now, but uh, uh, every people can search David Rousseau in uh, in the uh, internet and uh, dis describe uh, who is these guys. This guy is a amazing, amazing person because we have the same uh, experience about uh, secret space program, France secret space program, and the same memory, the same uh, spaceship name, the same school with the extraterrestrial in uh, in the ship named Solaris. Yes, Solaris is a part of a Starfleet, uh, the the not Starfleet. Uh, uh, Solar Warden Fleet, Starfleet, <laughs> Solar Warden Fleet, sorry. And uh, at this moment, uh, we go to the mission to rescue um, uh, some people, uh, slavery uh, with the Draco. And uh, at this time, David tell me he feels something wrong about uh, this mission. So I heard, but... Uh, I don't care. Everything is okay. Don't be afraid. Everything. And when we arrive in this in Mars, uh, we we are surrendered uh, by a, a Draco, and uh, to protect my friend, my my brother, I push David, and uh, I have no time to push my button uh, in my suit because we have a suit with a belt. And this belt have a program like a force field around me to protect me. And uh, the Draco um, in, in, in front of me uh, is a black Draco. It's not a Draco like uh, usually Draco. It's a black Draco, the more uh, dangerous and more stronger, more taller and uh, very, very, very huge. And uh, the Draco knows you think before you think. So he knows that I have no time to push my button, no field of, uh, around me. So he's, he slides the air with his big tails and he cuts me in my side and my back and I fall on the ground with a very painful, it, it's amazing, uh, painful, okay? And I think I am dead. So my team, shot the, the Draco and he disappeared in the dust of lightning and uh, he melt. And they bring me into a, a, a tube and bring me to uh, the Solaris. And in the Solaris, uh, bring me to the med bed. I remember the med bed was the liquid in the middle of my body and uh, it's warm. And outside there is a, a, a crystal uh, be behind and uh, surround me and uh, in the top and he healed me and after healed me uh, it, it, it take a long time because my injury was very very uh, huge okay and uh, near the death near very near the death and uh, after that uh, I was recovery and uh, everything was okay and I was in top shape so I remember this uh, mission because uh, he marked me, my mind. And uh, I remember the, the Draco was very, very, very fast. Uh, like I say, um, uh, Randy, uh, I don't have any, 
enough time to explain to Randy my uh, mission against the Draco. I don't know if Randy knows about Black Draco because nobody uh, talk about Black Draco. A lot of people speak about Draco, uh, Imperial Draco, tall Draco with, uh, with a wing, but I don't heard uh, somebody tell, do you know the Black Draco? I think I was the first uh, to, to talk about that. And there is a very, very huge. And um, my training with the Mantis when I was young uh, was to, because they know the future and uh, Mantis know I was to train my mind because when you are against a Draco, you are muscle, you are strong, you are, it's, it's a big shit, okay? But because he think what you think before you think. If you think you want to kick the, the ass of Draco, he knows before you left your arm or left your, your leg and cut you, cut you before you move. So the training is very, very important. And uh, with my telekinesis, teleportation, and my mind, I was able to fight the Draco. But this time, I prefer save my, my friend and don't think, oh, I must push my, push my button before push David. And it was my mistake. So I'm alive. I'm here. <laughs> well, you covered. Um, I might be able to add some things to that. Thank you so much. I've heard about the royal whites and also the several different blood and skin colors, green and, and red and all that. So that is fascinating. It's like a dragon, you know, yep. like a dragon. And they have spikes on their tail. Huge. Yes, 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 yes. Very, very fast. And you yeah. don't have the time to, 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 to see the tail. It, uh, it's like... Uh, it's unbelievable speed. Yes, and um, Randy would relate. Uh, I'm only gonna share with things he's already shared publicly in previous shows with him, because uh, I honor people's you know, privacy. <laughs> so yeah. um, let's see uh, what I can remember. I know, and it's very sad, he lost an entire team. And this team uh, was reptilians that I believe uh, that came out, this was on Mars, I think, that came out with huge swords and just took them out, trapped them. And he knew it was not a good thing to go into. And he lost everyone he loved, including his wife. And mm -hmm. um, they portaled him out in the nick of time. So he has had much uh, interaction with um, the Antids. And he is probably considered among the soldiers an insectoid uh, mm -hmm. specialist, and especially um, folks that um, Jean Charles mentioned a mantid and mantis. These are tall insect like uh, beings. And uh, we mentioned on an earlier show with Elena. Um, on the Galactic Federation of Worlds. It's because she's the only mantis, uh, mantis uh, who works on the, the Excelsior. I didn't know it was called the yes. space program. <laughs> I, did, I didn't understand first when I was told what she's working in. It was military science 
researchers, military science researchers. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> ended up that was the section uh, Jean-Charles was as, 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 as a child when he was trained then, etc. Well, teenager. Um, Meisha is, a, yes, she's a mounted. And um, the first time I saw her, I enter in the room. It was her presence was absolutely exceptional. It's the only mantid, mantis I, I met in my life. Uh, gave me such an impression. They are interdimensional beings. It means that they are existing in different dimensions at the time. It's difficult to explain, difficult to understand, but I have no better way to, to explain it. Uh, she can scan your soul, your mind like this, and it's all with her eyes. Uh, the, the eyes are fascinating. It's so fascinating that it's, it's freaky. And they, they just read your mind like an open book and they're telepathic. They don't speak, they're telepathic. And th that's, I was frightened. I was impressed, you know, because I've met many, a lot of uh, strange uh, looking beings, but um, a mantid, you know, there's something different. Uh, it's not only about the appearance. Uh, it's not about that. It's about um, who they are. Mm. Yeah. So was it destabilizing for you, Jean? Yes. Oh, sorry. But was for oh. you? Was it also for you? Yes. <laughs> the first, the, the first, the first time I saw the mantis, uh, I don't want lie. I was impressed because it's. Uh, can you imagine a big eyes look at you? and uh, 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 search inside you, you feel some, somebody inside you, but nobody is inside you, but you think somebody is inside your mind and, uh, and remage uh, and find something and she, she know everything, everything, okay? I, 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 I cross some beings like Maria, in the suit, uh, and she was uh, very beautiful because the suit was a uh, stick, okay, in our body. And I think something, <laughs> and uh, she tell me, I heard you. Telepathy, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, sorry, oh, it's okay. Yes. I listen your mind. So I, I, I tell at this time, oh my God, what the body. <laughs> <laughs> of you <laughs> yeah exactly so uh the mantis it's the same things yeah. but it's a different like uh, maria it's a, a beautiful uh a blonde girl with the blue eyes and uh, uh it's it's normal it's a human yeah. for me but the mantis it's very impressive and when she takes the big pow in my shoulder and brought me and uh, tell me uh don't be afraid Everything is okay. You have been chosen with a, a voice like a doo-doo-doo passenger in the... <laughs> you understand? It, it, it's a soft voice. It's melodic. It, oh, my melodic. God. Yes, yes. It's, it's yeah. A, melodic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I feel inside a, a, a lot of love, unconditional love, and it's... it's, it's a, I'm not afraid because, okay, like say, Elena, uh, the physique uh, is not important because she's very uh, impressive, but you feel much love inside of you and arise 
uh, the physical at this moment because everything is uh, oh my god okay she's a mantis okay but i feel a love inside of me and i'm very calm at this moment zen you know yes and that that uh, dovetails tony rodriguez yeah right? tony. when he was had his leg his ankle and parts of him and this mantid seems to be a mantid i'm pretty sure it was that was in kind of hierarchy power to the antids and the other beetles that were there um mm. and she just quickly went through his brain boop, 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 and said no you're not a you're not a fighter you're not here to hurt us so we'll let you live kind of and reported that back to her superior right so so we have a lot of correlation i have talked to someone who is part mantid um soul and they're extraordinary and also people who a few people who reported being in front of the white dracos said it was of course theirs was harsh they said it felt like being mind raped they just oh, yeah. knew everything about you did you mm. you know the Very other invasive invasive yeah like ugh. yeah 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 and so uh, you 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 must create a uh, my training was create a screen it's very difficult. It's not easy, okay? You must create a screen and behind this screen, hidden your memory and think you want to fight. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. Huh? This is a very, very, very advanced ancient martial art. To yeah. Be able to do that. And uh, it involves, which I bet you also have, is presentience. Yeah. Right? It involves like, that time slight time delay dilation but but kind of like knowing and this is a dna thing this is a dna thing because if you have right some certain dna's like raptors and stuff in you um one of the things i noticed playing baseball i was an outfielder and uh, for some weird reason it took me a long time to figure this out i could tell where the ball was going to go so i was able to catch i wasn't able to hit at all but mm. i was able to catch so we have so many abilities from our dna that i wanted to get into and as we know elena comes from an ancient line of uh shamans and uh sammy yes. that and all those are very important to activate our abilities for your jobs and you're both two super star seeds so are you good with like three more questions really quick do you have time? yeah yes go ahead okay um, so you stated your abilities for, for the most part, the ones you could talk about. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything that Randy could have shared with you. Um, he did have telepathy. He went against orders, so to speak, not exactly against orders. That's wrong to say. He went against a dare by a woman in his group that said, uh, I dare you that you'll go over to the Antids. You know, this was on Mars when everyone was claiming their territory and fighting for it and that you could talk to him. So he did. And they got along quite well. They were uh, moving things out to the sun and they were in a mellow mood. And so, you know, Randy, for sure, he teaches psionics. And as you know, most super soldier and advanced training, first of all, they're always looking for DNA you know, people that could activate that early on, but you, you know this better than most. But the second is um, 
that psionic training to for telepathy, for all those abilities, because most of the species we're dealing with or have to fight with have those abilities, right? So, so you just brought, uh, you just brought him in from a past life or, or from a present life as an Ultimian, right? Yeah. So, and what about you, Elena? Why don't you tell people a little bit about your abilities and DNA? Well, there are two, two strands of abilities. That's the, there are the abilities of your true self, the soul that incarnates into the vehicle body, and the abilities carried by the DNA of the vehicle envelope body that you borrow uh, temporarily. So for a specific soul with high developed abilities to incarnate into a physical body, the physical body needs to match frequency wise so most of the time there is a, a dna resonance with the origin of the soul and uh the the dna in the body now uh dna is frequency as well emits frequency um like sound frequency but also vibration uh, that influences matter but also ether and to to allow a soul of a higher density to incarnate into a lower density body, the body needs to resonate at the right frequency that both match and don't suffer. So that's why uh, there are specific bloodlines on earth that are uh, have been prepared. Uh, their DNA has been activated to be matched and ready to receive a specific extraterrestrial souls not from the earth matrix so uh that was to explain my story <laughs> because my soul is not from the earth terra matrix it's from somewhere else so um i was uh guided to incarnate into a bloodline that was very uh, that was a good match and this bloodline had been activated this dna the dna had been activated and worked you know, that's the whole program uh, the, the good extraterrestrials do. Uh, so my, 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 um, my DNA, it's um, I, for like activators, people like Jean-Charles, um, I have the 22 strands of uh, the, the whole uh, extraterrestrial um, uh, inputs. There are many like us, uh, but not all everyone on the planet has that. Some have certain mix of DNA, some others. That's why we, we look different, different races, uh, you know. Uh, so my, um, there are different things in my, the, 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 I'm a cross, I'm a mix uh, of three bloodlines that gathers three parts of the planet together, <laughs> you know, racially. Um, I have the Middle East, and uh, Middle East and um, India, all this this place over there, by my father and by my mother, I have two big groups. Um, I have the the North Sami and the North and uh, Lithuanian North Russia, all the North things, and um, a French. Of course, there there is um, all the different races are. I, I have them, I have the markers. And uh, by my grandfather, um, French ancient royal bloodline that carries a lot of psychic powers, it goes back to Middle East. So all of this was good match <laughs> to get me in 
and um, I'm quite happy with it. It allows a lot of possibilities. Yes, um, the shaman abilities, soul retreat, yes. everything. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The shamanic abilities are absolutely amazing and useful tools because it allows me to uh, travel by projection of consciousness naturally from birth, um, by locate from birth, uh, see and hear people, beings in different densities. I hear them, I see them, um, and uh, that and makes my, my task easier. Yes. I know I wanted to bring you up with the teleportation section, but it's, just, it's a lot. So thank you for sharing that. And I know you're both very modest. Uh, and I appreciate also in the last show, you really clarified because most of our listeners know that Alex Collier, the emissary of the Andromedans, was one of the first to come public saying that, all, you know, all humans have 22 extraterrestrial DNA genetics from their families and cultures in them. You were the first I ever heard that not all of them have that. Now, my question is. Do not all of them have that or do they not have it activated or depending on their mission of why they're here in this incarnation, do they only need some and not others? That was three questions. Anyway. When the, when we have at least 12, everyone, the whole, because um, when the Patal or the Cedars uh, came to um create uh, a human being from a primate uh, they input they put to uh, 11 um, different those are 12 11 different extraterrestrial intergalactic dnas so to create a first template of human being that we have everyone has it but then throughout history there has been visitors who have put their input and played with it the next in line were the Anunnaki. And then you have all the columns from all the, the Lyran Wars refugees. You have the Orion Wars refugees. You have the Greys. You have the Reptilians. And that finalizes that 22. But not everyone has had all the others, you know, uh, all the 10 others um, input. Now, is it, and, and the DNA is part of the body, but the memories are also held in the soul of all these inputs like how does that transfer into your infinite immortal soul concept you borrow it you borrow the memories of the dna the, the dna carries memory as well data information so when you have uh like for instance 22 uh genes different genes of different uh races you also can tap into the memory the collective memory of these races that's why the, the Earth DNA is one, one of the most expensive currency in the galaxy, because you can access to the collective of 22 civilizations. You know, so that's, um, that's why it's, uh, we are so bothered by all these hybridization programs and disgrace and etc. Oh, I, I can tap in. I, I haven't done it. I, uh, I've done for some of them. But uh, wouldn't change the greys or the reptilians, for instance, you know, uh, you can tap into uh, by um, 
Resonance. in deep meditation by resonance into the memory cell, the molecular memory of um, the collective, uh, whatever collective you want to go. I wouldn't advise to go to some of the collectives, but, mm. <laughs> but you can do that, yes. And then when you um, discorporate, you, you're not in tune anymore with that. You, you are going to be in tune with the next body, the, the DNA carried by the next envelope. And that's going to be an exciting new adventure. That is such a great explanation because I really don't feel that most people realize the amount of multi-generational planning that goes into your lives, you know, both of your lives to get this job done. <laughs> this mission done and it's such an art form if you think about it like okay what dna do i want to take on what am i going to need da, 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 you know it's it's amazing it's just it's humbling is what it is you know I, I i i take the examples of jean charles uh his soul has uh ultima soul has amazing powers but to use the Ultima people, um, stop me if I'm wrong, Jean-Charles, they can teleport naturally. Yes. Mm -hmm. So incarnating in an earth body, you can't, you cannot teleport like this, an earth body, if the body is not in resonance with your soul, if it doesn't have already the DNA, you know. So um, that's something I want to um, not notice. No. Great. It's a great, great example of that and it's just um so so magnificent and and beautiful um few more questions here you game still do you have a little bit uh, i have a question because um yes when i was teleported twice it was with my body of john child so my frequency can change I'm very different because with the same body and not the body of Ultima, I can teleport twice when I was 13 and when I was 20, 21. So it's curious because I can change my molecular, molecular structure. structure because I was really, it's not a bilocation, like I say, Randy, bilocation, you stay here and you can put your mind outside and somebody can see you, but don't touch you and don't bring something. It, it was really teleport and disappear and reappear in other place. Thank you for- Like, like Star Trek, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know Elaine has done many shows on the different ways that occurs and, and you yourself get teleported on board. I cannot teleport naturally. Um, probably, I suppose, because my uh, my mm. being cannot do it. But um, you know, um, but I need technology. So I was yes, I was teleported uh, with technology uh, many times. It's because yes. you get seasick. <laughs> she she she, she says she can teleport, but uh, it's yeah. not all true because uh, when <laughs> when we met uh, together in uh, Ireland or uh, another place. Uh, it's uh, we we are teleported uh, together, so uh, it's curious things. You, you know? know what? Yes, because that's something new. Uh, when uh, yes, 
I may have teleported <laughs> there. And last time I went under the, the Sphinx as well, but that will be disclosed very soon. Yes. Ta-da. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Um, let's see. How about... How about if you share the most enlightening moment and describe the circumstance uh, that surrounded that and it can involve extraterrestrials or whatever you want. You know, one that really like moved your consciousness or expanded it a little bit or whatever. Oh, I have a lot of times I was, um, um, if I understand your question, can you repeat? Yes. To be sure. Well, what I was going to ask you, but I'm not, is what was the scariest moment of your life so far? Oh. But this one was, what was okay. the most enlightening moment? Like, okay, okay, where okay. your consciousness was just like, whoa. Okay, a uh, uh, scariest moment, I don't lie, uh, <laughs> when I was against uh, Black Draco. Yeah. Because at this time, I know that I don't push the button and I say, oh no, yeah, I'm dead. And uh, yes, I was afraid because you're very impressive. The, the second times for the good times, it was when I was <laughs> in a bar in Excelsior and uh, I drink uh, the blue drink because it's, it's, so, it's so good. The taste is so good. And another, when I was in the, in the panel to uh, command my meal, and uh, this is a joke with Elena, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, we have the meal in a... <laughs> this is a, the moment uh, a good moment so like a joke like uh, uh, more uh, what is this uh, more more no not more taller more Plus petit, plus ça sent, c'est quoi déjà? Ah, avec, avec les gris. Um, with the gray, with the with gray. With the gray, yes, oh, yes. Yes. The smell? Yes. The smell? Uh, the, smallest, the smaller, the smellier. <laughs> That's the gray. Exactly. Our exactly. joke with the gray, yes. That's yes, yes, yes. Like, of course, yes. they think we stink too. So there you go, right? <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is a funny moment for me, uh, delight moment, because uh, you are in a party, you, you see the space view of the universe, and you're, you're cool, you're calm. For me, this is uh, yeah. the, 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 the moment, uh, the positive moment, because uh, we, we don't fight uh, every, every time. So uh, it, it's for me the, a good moment and a good memory for me. And uh, I think uh, Elena, the same... Uh, memories about uh, the blue drink and uh, oh, yeah. the the bartender uh, robot bartender in the levitation with a plate with a it's it's a it's difficult to describe this sensation because uh, 
we we have the same memories and the people say oh, okay but it's it's difficult to imagine this moment and the same memories too yeah what about you elena so my most enlightening moment was when i had contact with the nine mm. when my consciousness was projected into a throughout vortex into the void a great void and uh, I made contact with this um, plasmic supraconsciousnesses. This was the most um, life-changing uh, event of my life. Uh, it really propelled my consciousness into a whole new, you know, dimension of my life. And the, the scariest moment was my abduction at nine, when the, the whole process, the whole process. Yeah. Yeah understandable my best moment was uh, when i met victor too mm -hmm. because oh. i i think the best moment in the space so uh, for me for my life when i <laughs> i know I, I i see victor for the first time in my room not the first time for for me at this time it was the first time and he he, he, he sat on the bottom of my bed and tell me hello my name is victor i'm here to protect you and that, this is uh, the, the, the best moment of my life. So since we all know we're multidimensional galactic humans, and since our shows have taught that we're sexually compatible with multiple species, my last question, which will be more fun and playful, was or is what was an experience you had of intimacy or sex with an ET race and what was the unique element of it? Don't, don't use any personal names, of course, but describe the species, how they looked and some unique quality uh, that occurred. Oh. Well, um, I think that, um, what happens on the Excelsior? Stay to the Excelsior. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's the best ending ever. <laughs> What the synchronicity of answer. <laughs> that was so great. You guys just finished each other's sentence. <laughs> Elena and Jean-Charles have done several beautiful YouTube interviews, I think with the name Revelations. So if you haven't watched that yet, make sure and watch that. So do you want to... Put where people can contact both of you. Elena, why don't you start where they can contact you? Yes, um, thank you. Um, my website, elenadanan.org, O-R-G. There's everything there. It redirects you to my books, everything. And my YouTube channel, Elena Danan, where you have all these videos for free with meditation and a lot of goodies. So that's where you can contact me. 
all kinds of goodies and shows and merchandise and her best-selling books. Yes. And John Falls? Hmm. Well, for me, uh, I have a YouTube channel uh, called um, Connection Alien. There is a lot of stuff uh, about my life in French and English language. Uh, 15 video about my life and my experiences uh, during two hours. And uh, there is uh, two seasons. First season is about me and uh, the second season is about my uh, my wife, Melanie. Um, and um, you do you you know everything about uh, our experience about uh, extraterrestrial contact. You can find me to uh, my uh, Facebook, Jean Charles Moyen, uh, and the page of uh, in France is Rive Sud Origin, and you can uh, uh, add a friend in my Facebook, and you can find my uh, my movies. Uh, you type uh, Vimeo space uh, South Shore Origin, and um, Starseed Revelation, Vimeo, Starseed Revelation. This is uh, the two uh, movie I, ma I made. Uh, South Shore is uh, like a romance uh, movie with uh, um, 85% uh, of true. Um, I play a, a guy like uh, Fox Mulder in X File, and with my wife Melanie, we, we investigate about abduction and blah, blah, blah. But it's uh, true events. But Starseed Revelation is about 100% true about my life and uh, my child and uh, uh, <clears throat> the teleportation I have and the secret space program. All inside is big stuff. And I prepare the Soucher 2 with Michael Sala inside and a lot of guests inside. Like, uh, I can't... Like Elena, et, et voilà, et voilà. <laughs> so, this is a scoop, no? <laughs> and, uh, and the sequel of uh, Starseed Revelation, uh, because it's important, uh, I don't want to prove something, but I have a proof and witnesses for the, the part two. And they decide to spoke about me during 27 years, they know me, and it will be amazing because I think uh, the mind blowing with uh, this, uh, this, uh, these movies. And I prepare a book about my life. So I have a, a lot of works. <laughs> wow. You both are two of the mo most busy people I know. And, I'm and I forgot something very important oh a yes, conference no. a conference in uh, florida yes oh yeah and with uh, a lot of people yeah. so I, I i try to don't forget name oh there is uh, elena there is me there is michael sala tony rodriguez uh bradelson alex collier Brotherson, uh, Danny Anderson, and uh, I forget a lot of names because I, I don't uh, remember, but it's the biggest world uh, reunion of uh, 
people uh, specialist about the secret space program and uh, oh it will be amazing are you doing that online or all in person i With pray a... to to be in person yeah me too yeah yeah that'll be if not uh, i tell, maybe i have authorization to teleport uh, me and i bring back uh, elena yeah, on the passage and go to Ireland. and I, da, da, da. No, no, seriously, uh, we, we want to go to uh, in person. Uh, and uh, if it's not, it's, it's, it would be online. But we were uh, in, uh, in this conference. This it, is very important. And the, the, the stock inside is uh, amazing. People share memories, share. Uh, oh, I forget. Laura. I oh, Laura. Yes, yeah. Oh my God, sorry, Laura. Yes. So, yeah, 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 it's in, important. What is the last parting wish or statement you would like to say to remind people of who they are and, mm. and what to <clears throat> focus on because I really feel we're moving upward from fourth to fifth density and I envision we will live and embrace the most beautiful life of health joy and love that matches our intention vision and frequencies as galactic human creators with extraterrestrial genetics so please uh, go for Sean share uh our story, don't be afraid to share what's happened in your life because there is some people listen to you and um, be uh, prepared for the awakening uh, of humanity because uh, there is something very big will happen in, uh, in, a, few, uh, in a few months. And uh, I, I feel the... the there is something very, very strong and very positive come from the universe to, to bring uh, some, uh, something uh, very good for humanity. And uh, at this time, there is a lot of things happening and uh, people uh, are focused for uh, all the reason uh, because uh, some uh, beings bad beings don't want the humanity rise uh, or memories and uh, i think we are a keys to awake humanity to the book to the the interview to uh, my movies and a lot of movies we are we are the disclosure yes it's beautiful thank you and elena well, we are, we are stepping into a wonderful future. There is a time of transition in which we are at the moment. It may last a year or two, but afterwards things are going to move very fast, very fast. And everything we are longing for will be, will be here, you know, such as free energy and all these things. So I'm asking people to hold on and keep hope because the morning is here soon. Keep hope, hold on to it, do your job of raising your frequency and that's something very important. 
it's the enemy last strikes, its last attempt to drag as much people as possible back. By what? By division and fear. Mm -hmm. So anything that comes from a narrative of fear, do not listen, refuse it. No, thank you. And before you speak, or before you write on social medias, or before you act, think first two things. Mm -hmm. Is it kind and is it empowering? If it is not, I do not recommend you. You take action, you know. Criticism can be empowering, you know. Something that is going to help the other people and unite together. Unity is the only way we are stepping into the future. Unity. And what cement unity? It's love. Yes. Mm. That's so beautiful. Thank you for the honor. An old friend and a new friend. It's really an honor and your generosity of spirit is amazing along with your humbleness. Onward and upward. Love you. Thank you.